Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode two of Conversations in Combat. My name's Bruno. I'm joined with my co-host, Adam. How are you, mate? Good, mate. Yourself? I am fantastic. And you know what? We might not have had a pay-per-view in the last two weeks since our last episode. Um, Mm. And you know what? The biggest highlight since then is probably the Burt vs. Ernie fight. But we (laughs) did have two spectacular fight nights. Um, and a whole lot of fight news to get through. So let's get straight into it. Um, we spoke about it in the last podcast. It was mm. the Islam Makachechev fight against Thiago Moises. Um, that was the headline. And then you had um, Misha Tate as well. So yeah. um, on that card there, you did have a, quite a few. But um, really, we'll focus on the, the uh, last three fights of the card. Jeremy Stevens versus Gamrock. Um, Marion versus Misha and Islam versus Thiago. So um, I'll hand it over to you because you did have a much more enlightening um, watch of this compared to myself. Mm, mm. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, bro. We'll jump straight into fight night. Makachev versus Moises. Um, yeah. So look, Jeremy Stevens game, right? That ended pretty quickly. I think one minute in, um, Stevens got caught with a Kimura um, pretty early on. So there was really not much else to be said there. Great performance by Gamrot, and he just sort of came out all guns blazing and, and finished the fight early. Brings us to the co-main event, uh, Misha Tate, Marion Renault. Now, this was Marion's last fight going in, so we knew she was retiring. Uh, after this one, I think she's you know, mid-40s. Um, so, you know, it was in round three. Um, you know, there were a few parts where I thought Misha you know, might, get, might get caught, um, and not have the fairy tale comeback she wanted, but in in the last round she managed to to uh, TKO uh, win uh, there, and 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 Renault obviously retired through the gloves in the cage um, after the fight. But massive comeback for Tate, and uh, talking about maybe a possible Holly Home rematch, so that might be uh, might be interesting. Brings us to the main event, bro. Look, Islam um, versus Moises. You know what? It, it was a good fight. Um, <sighs> You know, Moises had a few really good moments. Um, you know, landed a couple of strikes here and there, but largely got dominated on the feet and on the, gr- on the ground. Um, the one thing about Islam compared to Habib is his striking is very, very, very good. Um, very crisp, hard, hits hard, and he's got the, the, the wrestling ability. So, um, yeah, really good win for him. Ended up finishing it via submission in the fourth round. So that uh, wraps up the bulk of the main card for... Uh, for the first fight night. But yeah, if there's anything to say in regards to that, I did not watch this fight card. Um, I did miss it. But when I did see the results, nothing really was surprising um, in yeah. that front. Um, everything sort of went the way. And if I was a betting man, um, I, I, I would have gotten my bets right in that fight. Um, yeah. And then we moved to um, the card, which occurred two days ago. Um, and... Headlined by Corey Sandhagen versus TJ Dillashaw, it was a beautiful fight. Um, there were a couple. There was, I believe, there were the co-main was um, scrapped earlier. What was that for this card? Uh, there was a fight scrapped. It was. Uh, I don't know if it was the co-main, but I think it was Aspen Lad, Macy Chasson. I think that got scrapped. Unless that was for the card before. I might be wrong. But anyway. That one. Doesn't make a difference. It was a cracker card in regards to um, mm. uh, content. Um, 
And yeah, so it was headlined by Corey versus um, TJ. But we started the main card with Adrian Yanez versus Randy Costa. And in my eyes, what a fight. Um, uh, my personal opinion, I don't see either of these fighters going far in the UFC. Um, because yeah. Yanez just let um, Costa tire him out. Right, tie yeah. himself out. He coughed so much and his face looked like a truck hit him. But then yeah. he ended up knocking out, well, the ref stoppage, um, a, uh, you know, second round stoppage, but he was exhausted, made it so much easier. But, uh, bro, I'm not sure. Do you see any of these fighters actually doing well in the UFC after what you saw yesterday? Hundred percent. Um, I, I think Yanez is going to go a long way, but my, my opinion's different to yours on that. I think um, I think Yanez is really talented. Um, I think he moves well. He's quick. He hits hard. He's he's a great striker. I've watched him since the Contender series, um, and he had you know every fight in his UFC. Now he's ended either KO or TKO, and every time I watch this kid, I'm impressed. Um, I think what I saw was a little bit more resilience and toughness and heart that I hadn't seen in his last couple of fights because he's knocking the guys out so quickly. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I had a beautiful head kick knockout a couple of fights ago. The dude, the way he hits, man, I, I don't know, something about it. I really love watching him. I'm expecting big things. And in a, in a couple of years, if we're still doing this podcast and he's up there, right, call me Mystic Mac because I predict, I predict these things. Nostradamus. Nostradamus. Yeah, right. Nostradamus. Right. Look, uh, look I, I don't think he's a bad fighter, but um, I do think you can't go into fights expecting the other person to tire themselves out. And you know what? If you had someone who could throw better punches, I don't think there would have been a round two, to be honest. But look, that's, Maybe, what, coaches and, um, that's what coaches and trainings are. Um, to one of the more, um, one of the more contentious, decisions of the night um miranda maverick against macy barber mm-hmm. um macy was awarded the decision after three rounds and we spoke earlier today so i'm gonna hand it to you because i know you've got some uh you gotta unleash mate yeah look i will unleash because guess what macy barber didn't win that fight um and you can fight me if you think otherwise because um look even even dc on the commentary was surprised by the decision while watching it, I thought it was two to one, two rounds to one, Maverick's way. Um, she definitely won the first round, no doubt. She definitely lost the third round, no doubt. Uh, but the second round was the decider, and I think Miranda did enough uh, to take that round. And and you were looking at the stats before, bro, with, you know, it, you hadn't even seen the fight. You looked at the stats and you said, oh, Miranda surely won, did she? <laughs> no, unfortunately not. So, look, I, I don't think she, she won, but that's all I can really say. Look, good performance from both, but... That's just my opinion. Look, that's the risk. In the fighting game, that's the risk you take if you let it go the distance and you leave it into the hands of the judges. Simple as that. You know, you can always dispute the judges, but we're in a sport where, you know, if you knock them out, you don't get the judges involved. Simple as that. Unless you knock them out illegally. But um, we moved (laughs) into um, Darren Eakins versus Milner. I I, I watched this fight. I don't have much to say about it. Um, you know, went the way I thought it was going to go. Um, nothing special in my eyes. What do you think? Yeah, yeah pretty standard, bro. Look, uh, Derek Miner actually came out a bit stronger, but couldn't withstand the the uh, comeback from, from Elkins. So, you know, and he ended up finishing it in round two, which is a good 
good comeback and good win for him. Good fight. And um, the main event, which I saw um, and I watched, and I think, you know what, it was a surprise to most in regards to the number two contender in Sandhagen was taken on TJ Dillashaw, and everyone thought Sandhagen knockout. Mm, which is surprising. I, I don't think TJ's been finished. Like, so, so where remember. where the hell did oh, he's going to get knocked out come from? Look, um, I might quick give my two cents on this main event and, and then pass to you, bro. But look, really good matchup. I was excited about this fight for a long time, as we've talked about before. Um, excited for TJ's comeback. Uh, you know, it was a tough uh, a tough return for him coming back from the EPO issues. Every question in the press conference was, you know, or t- talk to us about the EPO. Talked about it plenty of times. We didn't need to hear about it anymore. We know what happened. He's back. Let the guy fight. Um, I actually thought 3-2 Dillashaw's way. A lot of people thought it was 3-2 Sanhagen's way. I can agree with that too. It's down to personal preference. When you get a fight that close, it could go either way. was a split decision for TJ. Could have been a split decision for Sanhagen. In all reality, I actually was saying to you earlier, possibly a draw, actually, you know. Um, and for, to come back after two and a half years out and fight the number two guy who's been on a tear and he's very, very talented, Sanhagen's a beast. Um, really amazing fucking performance from DJ, bro, like considering yeah. everything. He looked great. He took a bunch of punishment and just kept coming, got hit and he'd yell at, at Sanhagen, just take a punch and just, ah, like, you know, he was, he was ready to go, ready to fight. It was great to watch. Sanhagen's slick. He's slick, bro. Good, good to watch as well. So, Look, I think big things. I think TJ gets the winner of Yarn and Jermaine rematch, obviously. And I think Sanhagen gets a big fight as well. Who that is, I don't know yet. Maybe Rob Font. Um, the loser of the Yarn and Jermaine fight, maybe. Or maybe the loser of that fight, yeah. So that's my opinion, bro. What do you think of that? Yeah, fight? look, overall, um, I had spoken to you um, before I watched it and... You know what? It was probably a very it, 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 it was very close, right? Oh, yeah. um, you know, and yeah, it, it wasn't where you know you see these close fights and the judges are like, oh, fifty forty five, fifty forty five, and it's like, where the hell did you get fifty forty five from? Yeah, well, you're watching, watching the same fight, but it was it was really close. And then um, I delved into the stats afterwards, and I think there was two total strikes different between Sandhagen and Dillashaw. That's how tight it was, mm. you know? And yeah. over over five yeah. rounds, you know, it, it, it's that's nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, as a main event, two strikes between the two is nothing. And, yeah, um, you know, the takedowns may have gotten it for Dillashaw in the end. Um because he did get that. But overall, I think, um, yeah, great return for Dillashaw. Fantastic return for Dillashaw. Um, but in saying that, um, that is uh, what we've got, to, that what we've already covered. Um, in regards to boxing, so we were meant to also have, um, two days ago, the uh, three-peat. So the Wilder versus Fury three. Um, mm. and uh, Tyson Fury's camp came down and contracted COVID. So that fight was actually um, postponed. They're saying September, but they're not sure. Um, and this is this is something where 
I personally think Wilder likes to play games, and this is one of his games. Well, now because the fight's gotten delayed, he's going to hold it off as much as he can because he knows Fury's in for the big money fight against um, uh, Joshua. And yeah. we're finally, hopefully, if Fury gets the job done against Wilder again, we're going to see the unification of all the belts. So it will be fantastic. And, and um, earlier this year, Joshua Fury signed a two-fight deal. Um, and it was a 50-50 split of the first, first fight, and then 60-40 goes the way whoever wins okay. the first fight. So it And there was big money thrown around. It was poised to be hosted in the UAE, I believe, or Dubai. So there was big money involved right. in this. So it has been delayed. So how long has it been? It's been 16, 18 months. What, since Fury Wilder 2? Yeah. That was before COVID, bro. That yeah, was, was it January COVID. last year? Was it the year before? Because I remember it was the same was day as Costa Romero. Was it the same day as Costa, pretty sure Costa Romero? Same. That's no, 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 no. Um, Adesanya Romero. That's March 2020. Yeah. So it yeah. Was, that, that's when it was last, I think. Yeah. I believe. Anyway. We can't pick at straws here, but yeah, so guys, that did get delayed, um, and I know a lot of you who don't follow it, but follow the big fights, um, that's probably information you probably wouldn't have known, so just bring it to you, but um, today we've got a special feature where we're talking, um, we're discussing uh, medical stoppages, um, doctor involvement, the referees getting involved, and you know, we've both got a case study each, so um, although Dana is very well known for keeping the UFC going throughout the whole COVID pandemic, and I think there was only one big fight which was stopped, and that was the um, Habib-Ferguson fight. Um, mm-hmm. And the reason we stopped was because Habib couldn't leave um, and get into the country. So what's happened there, um, that was the only fight. The UFC did continue, and it was one of the very few international sports that did continue or one of the few very big sports that did continue um and you look at the way he's done it and you look at other things that it brings to light and we we're talking the other day the medical record within the ufc there hasn't been any deaths as a result in the ufc um as well as bellator and the other more well-known promotions the more well facilitated promotions um so that is Always a great thing, and I haven't heard of any severe accidents like the ones we're going to bring up now. Yeah. Um, so I'll throw it to you first because um, your case study is Eubanks versus Watson. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like we're in legal studies again. Yeah, um, we got case studies, bro. We got case studies. We're throwing it back to then. Um, and um, the, this fight here set a lot of precedences for the future of fighting in the sport. Now, um, before you go into it, you look at fighters like Ali, who copped many blows to the head. You know, in his later years, you could really tell it took its toll on him. And essentially, you're looking at this in a way of, we've adapted since then. Um, Fast forward to Eubanks versus Watson. (laughs) Was there more that could have been done in that fight? So give it away. There's a lot of people, UFC followers um, combined, who don't know this as well. So 
give a short rundown of the fight um, and what happened, and then we'll talk about what uh, changed afterwards. Yeah, but definitely. Look, um, we've been talking about this for quite some time, so it was something we wanted to bring into the podcast. It's a, a conversation we care a lot about, and and we've got a lot to, a lot to talk about, a lot of opinions, and we feel it's a conversation that needs to be had. So with my with my case study, uh, I love that you use that term. Mine was uh, Eubanks versus Watson. So so this fight um, was back in '91, I believe. Yeah. Um, and it was a uh, it was a championship fight, um, and what had happened was uh, they fought for the super middleweight WBO championship um, in September '91 in London. Um, now, just to give you guys context, and basically um, Eubanks was um, uh, down on all judges' scorecards. Right, so uh, after ten rounds, um, you know he was behind uh, and was knocked down um, at the end of the round in the tenth round. Um, now, as he got up and the round continued, uh, he hit you uh, Watson, Eubanks hit Watson uh, with an uppercut. Now, this shot had a really big impact on Watson. Head, neck, flipped back. Um, it was a really, really nasty shot, um, and it knocked him backwards into the ropes. Uh, that ended the round. Okay, so they uh, the fight continued, and it was obvious that Eubanks needed a, a knockout to win this fight. He'd lost ten rounds, but just got that knockdown right at the end of the round. Um, now we go another two rounds. We're in the twelfth round. Um, Watson's still visibly hurt and shaken. Um, and the fight was then stopped um, with Watson just copying a combination from Eubanks. Um, so minutes after the fight, Watson then collapsed uh, in the uh, corner, um, and there was no ambulance or paramedic at the event. That's really important to note. Um, now, the long delay in medical personnel arriving to the fight, um, with Watson remaining on the floor for eight minutes, eight minutes before doctors uh, came to help him. So a total of 28 minutes, bro, 28 minutes has gone by before Watson received treatment in a hospital uh, neurosurgical unit. That's the context. That's the fight. That's what happened. Now, post that, um, it was a, a career-ending fight for, for Watson, um, who spent 40 days in a coma post the fight and had six brain uh, surgeries to remove a blood clot. Um, now, during the first eight months, he was unable to hear, walk, speak. Um, once he came out of the coma, he spent over a year in intensive care and rehabilitation, six more years in a wheelchair, slowly recovered and, and regained some ability to speak and write again. Um, and the aftermath of all of this is that, you know, Watson sued the British Boxing Board of Control uh, for negligence and won damages of around a million pounds. Um, now, the High Court ruled that the British Board uh, was responsible for the medical provision uh, at the fight and that administering oxygen and resusc resuscitation on site would have made a big difference to Watson's uh, outcome and what happened to him. Um, the good news is, you know, in 2003, um, Watson completed a marathon. Um, you know, he was walking for two hours every morning and afternoon um, for six days. 
you know, he um, actually finishing the race by his side um, was Chris Eubanks uh, and uh, also the neurosurgeon uh, who, had, who he'd become good friends with. Um, you know, so after that, um, Eubanks never really showed any desire to knock any opponents out, um, preferring to sort of fight a more points-based approach. Um, he's come out, he's apologised um, to, to Watson before. But why we wanted to tell you guys that story and give you that context is because, as Bruno mentioned, we want to talk about safety. We want to talk about, you know, stoppages and things like that. And uh, over the last few years, we've seen a few controversial stoppages in the UFC. And a lot of people are very quick to jump on it, like you said, bro, and go, oh, that was, why'd you let the fight, why'd you stop the fight? Why didn't you let it go, this and that? Yeah. And you hear stories like this that aren't talked about enough well, you got to give credit to some of these referees and some yeah. of these doctors who say, you know, no, nah, enough's enough. And and I just want to wrap it up before we go to your case study. A perfect example is Brian Ortega versus Max Holloway. Okay. At the end of the fourth round, the doctor comes in and looks at Brian Ortega and his corner and him are going, let me fight, let me fight, let me bang, bro. Right. All that stuff. And he was destroyed, and the doctor looked at him in the face and goes, I'm not going to let you die in this cage. Fight's done. That's what should happen. And yeah. no one should turn around and say, that's a bullshit stoppage. Yeah. And, and look, and I think people watch this sport because they want to see blood and they want to see action. Um, oh, of course. Diaz, for instance, you know, Diaz is a fighter. He will never stop. But that cut no. was hanging. His eye was hanging down. But, um, yeah, look, yeah. It, 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 it just, uh, like, people are quick to jump on referees. And in this situation, I would rather they stop the fight early and yeah. we can do a rematch. If you think it stopped too early, um, I'd rather them stop it early than let it go that too long. Like, there's been instances where we're like, how is the referee letting this go? Um, let's take, in, for instance, uh, the Aldo fight where he lost, and we're just like, how is he still there? You know, yeah. three rounds. But that brings me to my um, case study. So although what happened between Watson and Eubanks was very unfortunate because nothing illegal was committed in the octagon, uh, in the ring, sorry, um, nothing illegal was committed and stuff, but it did bring to the attention of, all right, well, we need medical personnel and paramedics on scene all the time. We need to be within 10 minutes of the nearest neuro hospital, et cetera, um, and yeah. stuff like that. There is still issues and mistakes that are made, right? And you, you, you fast forward to October of 2015, um, a promising young fighter, uh, his name was Preston Colon, 16-0, and 0, um, Puerto Rican, he just had two fights in two months, coming in for a third fight. Um, and he is a rising star, right? He, he is a rising star. And he's coming up against an opponent who is who um, replicates his record in, in a way. Also another, quite another um, prominent fighter. But the difference in this is um, throughout the fight, Preston's getting smacked in the back of the head illegally. And... It has been made clear across many of the um, martial arts, mixed martial arts, combat sports, um, that you cannot hit people in the back of the head. doesn't matter if you've got padded gloves, etc. But um, 
you can't hit people in the back of the head. And it was happening repeatedly. And the referee was doing nothing about it. And Preston kept addressing the referee, pointed to the back of his head saying, look, the back of my head. Um, and then it got to the point where Preston got the shits. So he essentially just punched him in the nuts. And wow. um, he, uh, he drops to the floor. His opponent drops to the floor where, you know, uh, Terrell Williams was his name. He drops to the floor. And then the referee deducts two points off um, Preston. And what happens is then this continues still getting, and they call it in boxing, rabbit punching, where you punch him in the back of the head, yeah. until the referee finally deducts another point. Um, the He gets knocked down from one of these hits in the back of the head. The doctor looks him over. He tells the doctor, and there's audio of it, I'm dizzy, I cannot see properly. But yeah. I, I, I think I can punch. Um, I'm sorry. If, I'm dizzy, if you're dizzy and you cannot see properly, you shouldn't be going back in. But then what happens? The ref's like, yeah, 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 fight continues. Let the fight continue. Happened again. At the end of the ninth round, the referee, uh, the team took his gloves off. They're like, fight's over. He got disqualified because he, got his, he had his gloves taken off um, in between rounds. Whilst walking back to the change rooms, he's then passed out. Mm. He's brought up vomit. It's come out of his nose. It's come out of his mouth. Um, and he is rushed to hospital where there's a bleeding on the brain. They've cut the, they've cut him open. They've gotten everything out. Anyway, let's fast forward. He's a vegetable. Um, he eats through a tube, lays down. His parents do everything for him. Um, his parents are now suing. I don't know the outcome of the case. Um, uh, he did have a successful surgery two weeks ago. Um, oh, wow. to have a fragment of his skull removed because it was applying pressure on the brain. He is slowly recovering, but he will never be the same. His parents are suing um, the World Boxing Organization, the WBC, um, for $50 million. And people are like, why are you doing it for that amount of money? You don't understand the costs involved in caring for someone like that. Oh, yeah. Um, mm. And, and, and the toll it's taken on the family. Um, but he was more recently awarded um, a WBC honorary title where he'll forever remain a champion um, for uh, his contribution. But again, this is where poor refereeing comes into it. And yeah. this is where a referee who is inexperienced makes the wrong call, you know, and yeah. lets, lets something illegal go on for too long. And you know what? You deduct... Williams, a point or two points at the start, the first rabbit punch, I guarantee you he doesn't do it again. Mm. But you let him go nine rounds before you deduct a single point. And now we've got a poor, he was 20 years old at the time. He's now 24 or 25 and he's a vegetable. Right. Now, people criticized, you know, and, and this is what I found. And people, and people criticized, um, Algermain Sterling saying he faked it. Now, how dangerous that knee on the floor is, right, when the rules are there for a reason. They're not there to make the sport boring. They're there to protect our fighters. They're there for us to watch a sport. Yeah. Um, wasn't a, it wasn't until recently that the UFC was allowed in New York because of the um, rules. 
That was probably they only went to New York the first time three years uh, ago, twenty sixteen or something like that. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Because the yeah. country that the, the, each state has its own rules, but people need to people need to slow down and not jump straight at the throats of referees. And um, look, it's something that uh, you know. I think two people were at fault there, the referee and the doctor. Again, I'd rather the ref stop the fight early or make point early um, or the doctor just drop the gauntlet. If the doctor makes a bad decision, the doctor makes a bad decision. This isn't judging, right? Yeah. Where judging is very black and white. As soon as the black and white start to turn grey... You've got to stop the fight. You can't take any chances. Oh, I think he's okay. No, it's got to be, I know he's okay. Right? And even if the fighter's persisting. And people, you know, you look at fight fans who follow the sport like us religiously, and we keep up to date with absolutely everything. You you don't want to see, you know that uh, an injury or a death as a result of the sport will have massive ramifications in regards to potentially the sport coming to your country or the fighter in general. A lot of these fighters, they can't, they can't go back to it. So um, we just wanted to let you guys know um, that, you know, th- th- you got there's two sides to every coin. And although we might jump down the throats of referees and doctors, um, you've got to also remember that there is, uh, you know, another side to the coin. And that's the side we, we're bringing to you today. Um, but... Let's move on from um, that because it is a sad topic um, when you're hearing that. But we do have, um, in approximately five days' time, Uriah Hall versus Sean Strickland, another fight night, um, Mm -hmm. with the co-main Shamil versus Dakus. Chris Dakus. Dakus. Look, (laughs) overall, um, I, I, I think... The Uriah Hall Strickland fight is probably, you know, the fight I'm only going to want to watch. Um, I'll watch yeah. them all, but I don't think that it's not an entertaining card. It's it's not a it's not a who's who big names card. Um, it's just more if you're a fan, you want to watch some fights, get some action. But these are the cards you got to watch out for. The ones where you don't know m- many of their names because they end up being some of the best. Um, like yesterday's card. So. Um, yeah, that's, that's a good one to watch out for. So, who do you got... pick, Uriah Hall or Strickland? Oh, um, I'll probably go with Uriah Hall. Well, his last fight lasted, what, six seconds, seven seconds? Yeah, I'm planning on him checking another kick and the guy breaking his leg. So Yeah. yeah. Um, just, just a heads up, Uriah Hall is the only person to ever win a fight without actually throwing any form of punch or kick. So, so imagine if he throws a punch or kick this time, he should win. Oh, bro. Bro, it took him seven <laughs> seconds to win without throwing a punch or kick. <laughs> Take him 14 seconds with one punch or kick. <laughs> <laughs> Look out. But we're not going to dwell on that card because we've got a pay-per-view coming up, UFC 265. I'm just yeah. going to go through um, the yeah, main card. The main card. Just the main card, because the, the yeah. whole main card. So we'll work our way up. Right? Mm-hmm. We'll work our way up. Now, mm-hmm. we'll start with the first fight on the card. Um, it is Song Yadong versus Casey Kenny. Now, Song you Yadong. And, you and I have been fans of Song Yadong from his first UFC fight. It was an undercard, I believe, 
to a John Jones fight a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I don't remember, but we were big fans of him and his fight, but he hasn't shown the fierceness, has he? Mm. He he had a good fight against uh, Cheeto Vera, which we thought even as big a fans as we are, he lost. Yeah. Um, but he got the win anyway. <clears throat> um, so this is big for him, opening up a you know pay per view main card. Um, yeah. you know, it's time for it's time for him to show show up. Yeah, look, I think if he wins this, he you know he's he's got good chances. But um, mm. we'll move on. Michael Chiesa against Vincent Luque. Um, it's a fantastic fight, and honestly, Chiesa eighteen and four, Luque twenty seven one. Um, I, I, I think uh, Chiesa's got him. To be honest, I, I, in my yeah. opinion, I just think there's potential, but overall, it wouldn't surprise me if it goes either way. But I think Chiesa might have it. I'm picking Chiesa too, just because of the ground advantage. Um, he's tough. He's long. He's rangy. You know, um, he looked good last time. So, but Luke's tough too. So you're right. Could go either way. Yeah, and then we move on to bantamweight. We've got Jose Aldo versus Pedro Munoz. Um, I called it last time. I think Aldo should have left the sport, uh, retired after his last. Uh, no, sorry, two fights back. Um, where he got absolutely belted in that octagon, like he got the oh the title fight. Yes, with Dion. Yeah, Dion. It, it was it was really bad to watch as a fan but what do you think uh i actually disagree bro i think Aldo still got a lot of fight in him i think that fight was actually pretty competitive until yan was beating the shit out of him on the ground and the ref let it go on too long before that he actually you know was was having some success and um ultimately lost so i don't know if he's done yet i i want to see him you know go on this bantamweight journey and see where it goes but i don't know if he can compete with the high you know high caliber yet you know what i mean so we've got to see how he goes I, if he I, loses this i think the word yet is a bit optimistic i just don't think he can compete with yeah. you put him in an octagon with Aljamain sterling at the moment i don't think there's a contest there to be honest you know what he was great to watch but he is old in regards to mixed martial arts He's um, actually not as old as I thought he was, though, bro. I yeah, thought he actually, was, like, you know, 47. As, yeah, I thought he was, like, you know, pushing but he's 80. Not. He's young, bro. <laughs> pushing 80. No, he's he's young, man. you got to remember, Aldo was champion very young. 34. He's 34. He's 34. That's not... Bro, Masvidal's 36. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think he peaked early. I think he peaked early. He peaked um, pretty early. I don't know if he's... I don't know if... Because pre his first fight at Bantamweight... Didn't go his way. He went to decision, and we, were, we thought he won. I think we thought he won that right. fight, um, but yeah. it didn't go his way. Then he coming off a loss, gets a title fight, doesn't go. That's his right. Way. Does yeah. I don't know if he's adjusted. I don't know if he's he's adjusted the bantam weight yet. But at the same time, I can't. As much as I love the guy, um, you know, I thought he was done after Volkanovski. You know, so yeah, okay. I just think he might have peaked early, and he's been in the. I feel like he's been in the game since God knows when. To be honest, like he's a <laughs> he's a he's a veteran, and 
is. I don't know. Has he still got the will? Is the question. I don't. I don't know, man. If he was fighting back before iPhones, you know, I don't know how long, how long ago it was. But look, he's been there for a long time. But he started very young, so. Yeah, you always think he's older than he is. But look, big test for him. If he can if he gets past this, then we'll see what happens. But that brings us to the co main. What have we got, bro? Um, co main, well, uh and Amanda Nunes retains her belt, so we'll move on to <laughs> <laughs> Um so co main we've got Nunes versus uh Uliana Banner. Um nice. look, I think there's nothing to talk about here. Um, except, <laughs> you know, you got to give credit where credit's due. Banner's taken on a fight, and she knows she's going to lose. Ultimate, look, I think we hit the nail on the head. We're not watching the Nunes fights anymore to see if she can win. We're watching the Nunes fights to see if the other person provides a challenge. And yeah. she's just got both divisions under lock and key. And, you know, we saw an, a fellow Aussie. Go up against a couple of um a uh, couple of pay per views ago, <laughs> mm. it just wasn't a show. It was no. one way. Like, like you said, bro, it's a question with Nunes. It's a question of which division do you want to lose in. You said it best last episode. You know, so um you know, do you want to get smacked at bantamweight or do you want to get smacked at featherweight? Um, but you know, either way, we're gonna tune in because it's uh <laughs> it's the lioness. Noonies. It's the lioness. It's Noonies. I, I, I actually can't wait. And she just, she's never boring. She's never boring. No, so she's always good. Um, moving on to our main event. Uh, this is an interim title fight for the heavyweight division. Um, uh, the story behind this interim <laughs> is painfully agonizing. Yeah. Anu didn't want to fight now. He wanted to fight in September. Derek Lewis is like, no, I want to fight in August. So Dana's like, well, you can have an interim. And he's given the fight to um, Cyril Gunn. Gain? Mm. Gane? Gain? However you want to pronounce it. Um, in, you know what? Gain is undefeated. Yeah, he's yeah. undefeated fighter. Derek Lewis, you know what? More famous for his post-match comments. His balls were hot. <laughs> his hair. His balls were hot. His balls were hot. But I don't know how to say uh, It's a tough one to call. It's a, I like where the matchmakers have gone with this. It's a great fight. It's a great matchup. Um, I don't agree with it being for the heavyweight belt. Um, you know, everyone was like, oh, what are you complaining about? Whatever. No, I'm going to complain because Benganu just won the belt. And he had to fight for three years to get back to it or whatever it was when he lost the first time to Stipe. And now Derek Lewis knocks Curtis Blades out, says his balls are hot, and you give him an undefeated Frenchman for the interim belt. Why? Because Nganu wasn't ready in August. He'd be ready September. Hold on a minute. Last time I went to school, that's not very far apart. So why, why are you going to you know, do, do that to Nganu? It, it makes them look like they've got something against him being the champion. I mean, at the same time, I understand the the reasoning that Dana had around, you know, we're really going to see who the best heavyweight challenge is for Nganu because these are the two best guys at the moment. Okay, I agree with that. Where's John but, Jones? Well, exactly. Where's John Jones? And But Cyril Garn, bro, he just fought like a month ago. Yeah. Right? 
Look, I said when he first came into the UFC, I saw his first fight. I went, this guy moves like Adesanya at 260 pounds. He's going to he's gonna be up there. And he's, he got up there quickly. So I'm proud of that. I'm Nostradamus. Now, when you, <laughs> when you go, when you look at it from that perspective, it's a, it's a, it's a good fight. Look, do I agree with it being for the interim belt? Not really, but I think it's more of a way for Dana to solidify who the challenge is for Nganu rather than doing Nganu dirty. Um, yeah, and no, I definitely. Think, yeah, so, but, yeah, I mean... I think uh, um, I think either way, both these fighters lose to Nganu um, after the Nganu we saw take out the belt. Um, personally, Cyril's got a two-inch reach advantage, and I think that means so much in this division, um, especially when he's carrying 110 kilograms around with him. Um, yeah. You know... There's a there's a two inch reach advantage um, or five centimeters in Aussie terms, you know mm. the, the the proper way to talk. Um, but <laughs> yeah, so I just think that that's critical. But it's one of those contests where you genuinely can make arguments for both sides of the story. And you, you know can, what? You I'm a betting man. I'd put my money on uh, Cyril. Just hoping, you know, hoping. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Good fight either way. So we'll yeah, see what happens. so. Before we wrap up, we've got two more fights to bring to you. Yeah, right? so that's uh, we do have our, <laughs> our matchups. The matchups, the Disney edition matchups. Oh, shit, mate. I it's the about Disney it. edition matchups. So we've got two Disney edition matchups, our celebrity matchups this week, Disney edition. Um, we did uh, speak earlier in the day in regards to um, some, you know, technicalities. Because mm-hmm. I was wondering, could I add Marvel, Star Wars? But they're going to be categories on their own eventually. Um, so they better not be next podcast category because that is on you. <laughs> um, but guys, so I'll, 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 um, I'll hand it to you, Ads, because you've got right. the first one here. And I always let you go first. So Thank, thank you. Disney edition. <laughs> who do you yeah. have? I'll give you my winner. And then you tell me who you think wins. All right. So my matchup is the old bloke from Up <laughs> versus Gru from Despicable Me. Now, I, I, you, I've got my way. You, you want to tell me how you think that goes first, or you want you want to hear Despicable my uh, me. Despicable Me? Uh, and you know what? Yeah, up, might, I, up, up, up might have you know balloons and houses and stuff, but he hasn't got those minions. Have no, you that's seen true. those minions? And they're the most adorable, cute little things ever. And they're like, banana, boom. They're they're, they're evil. But everyone loves them. All these minions have ever done in their life is support villains. And everyone's like, oh, my God, they're so cute. Oh, my God. And then there's like, banana, potato, boom, 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 boom. So that was how I had it, bro. I had I had the minions hit the old guy from up with the banana potato, boom, boom, and he's done, bro. That's how I said it personally. Yeah. Ah, look, I boom, you know. Yeah, banana potato, boom. Soon come, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So look, I've got um, (laughs) I've got I'm going for a couple of units here, right? I'm going for a couple of units here. So I've gone um the Hunchback of Notre Dame. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Versus Wreck It Ralph. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my god. All right. 
the guy with talking, talking teapots versus the pixelated Game Boy. Yeah. So you tell no no you tell me how you think it goes, bro. I think um, I think Wreck It Ralph has the height advantage because the Hunchbacks, you know. Right. Um. So you know, plus he wrecks shit and he's got the Popeye forearms. I think um I think he catches him catches him off guard, and he um hammer fists right um breaks the hunchback literally. See, I knew you were gonna think like that. Yeah, I knew you were gonna think like that. But you gotta think, hunchback in Notre Dame is training for a fight. He knows the fight's coming. Goes and sees a great chiropractor. He's now just called Notre Dame. No. No. <laughs> so, but I look like this. The guy's got a talking teapot, so he's on some good shit. Right? <laughs> that talk to him. Right? He's mo- apparently the most ugliest guy. Why? Because he's copped it. He's had a couple of fights. He's faced you know. A bit of scar tissue. Yeah. Scar tissue. <laughs> a lot of scar tissue. Right? Yeah. Now. He 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 goes into the fight a hunchback. Wrecker thinks he can wreck it. He wreck him in one punch. Goes for the uppercut. Yeah. He's already right. down like that. Uppercut, yeah. bang, straightens him up. He's like, oh right. shit, what have I done now? Teacups come in, bang, finished. That's how I look. Yeah. I, I think you know Disney. Um, uh, what, what would you call it? Traditional Disney takes on you know Wrecker Ralph. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good one, bro. I like that one. Uh, yeah. Look, it was, uh, it was gonna either it was either gonna be that, or it was gonna be the bird, from, um, not the bird, the the magic carpet from Aladdin against uh, <laughs> Zazu from Lion King. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's better than what I was gonna do. I had um Mulan versus Mike Wazowski. Well, makes I you think for a second, doesn't it? Yeah. Right? Make a man like out the, of you. She's like no, the... Remember that song? <laughs> the force of a raging river, cuz? <laughs> Look, we could dwell on this for too long, guys. Let us know yeah. what you think in the comments below. Give us a like and subscribe. But you're going to give us... and um, You're going to give me and the audience um, who next week's opponents will be. Oh, not next week's, in a fortnight's time's opponents will be. Yeah. So, yeah. what's our category so I can uh, I, I can come up with something? So, I've yeah. thought about this long and hard, um, about 10 minutes, and basically, we're going video game characters. Okay? But, only, only uh, PlayStation or Sony consoles. We're not talking Xbox bullshit. Fucking Halo. Right? <laughs> yeah. No, nah, no. Nah. Right? No, nah, no. Nah. You can do whatever you want. But video game characters from any video game, you can take one from one and one from another, match them up and all that sort of Jack stuff. Jack versus Axter. Essentially. Right? Or Pac-Man versus Luigi. Whatever you want. Oh, yeah, is a... You just brought Nintendo into this. You just brought yeah, yeah. Nintendo. Kirby. You brought Kirby into this. Kirby. It's, it's a Super Smash Brothers edition, if you will. Except all video games. Yeah, no, this is this is this is 
VIPs are flowing. Guys, yeah. let us know. Um, we'll pick the best one if anyone leaves any comments, that is. But um, look, um, thank you. It's always a pleasure doing these podcasts with you. To the fans, um, you know, we had a couple of views, so thank you for tuning in. But give us a like, give us a subscribe. Um, let us know if what you'd like us to cover in our featured, um, as well as our Disney or our celebrity matchups. Let us know what you'd like us to cover in the featured. You know, we spoke a bit today about safety, so we're throwing it out for you guys. So, bro, I'd like to thank you for allowing me to share this podcast with you. It's been a pleasure. Uh, it's uh, pleasure's all mine, bro, and thank you for sharing with me. Thank you for tuning in, guys. Thank you again to you, bro. Couldn't do this without you, and uh, love having these chats with you and catching up. Um, and I guess we'll see you next time. In a fortnight. So we'll see you then, guys. Tune in into Conversations in Combat. Combat in Conversations. <laughs> See you guys.